This podcast was sponsored by Baba Sobers Wealth Management at UBS Financial Services. Baba Sobers Wealth Management works with physicians, medical practices, and hospitals, providing comprehensive wealth management services for individuals and institutions. Visit our website at advisors.ubs.com forward slash Baba Sobers WM. We're members of FINRA and SIPC. This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona. MICA is the exclusive provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. For more information about MICA, call 602-956-5276 or visit mica-insurance.com. Hi, my name is Dr. Monica Faria. I'm board certified in general and addiction psychiatrist and an MCMS member. Welcome to today's podcast. And 25% of these hospitalizations, once they are discharged, are going to be readmitted within one month. And the total cost for the healthcare system in the last year alone was close to $45 billion. So it's a huge burden on the healthcare system. Hello and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. Our guest today is Christian Brayberta, MD, PhD, and we'll be discussing heart failure. Dr. Christian Brayberta is immediate past president and governor and chair of cardiovascular imaging for the American College of Cardiology in Arizona. Dr. Brayberta is clinical professor of medicine at the University of Arizona College of Medicine, professor of medicine at the Creighton University School of Medicine. He's also a clinical professor of medicine at Midwestern University. Outside of teaching, Dr. Brayberta is attending cardiologist for the Banner University Medical Center, St. Joseph Medical Center, and Abrazo Heart Institute. He's also director of CV Imaging for the Heart and Vascular Center of Arizona. Dr. Brayberta, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure for being here. So we'll be talking about heart failure, and I was wondering if you could start by defining heart failure for listeners. Sure. Heart failure is an inadequate pump function of the heart to provide enough um, perfusion to life-saving or to the uh, uh, life-dependent uh, uh, organs like uh, lungs, kidneys, brain, liver, and um, can have two uh, parts, either the uh, contractility is impaired, meaning the squeeze of the heart or the relaxation, the diastolic function of the heart is impaired. And mostly you see both components, a systolic and diastolic failure of the heart to provide adequate blood perfusion and circulation. And let's describe for listeners, if we can, the scope of the issue. How many patients experience heart failure and what is the burden on the healthcare system? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a pen, it's a pandemic, an epidemic, we could say, in the United States. About 20% of Americans after the age of 40 suffer and are diagnosed eventually with heart failure. That means about 650,000 patients a year. And the mortality, once you are diagnosed with this condition, is 50% within five years. It is as bad as cancer. We have approximately 1 million hospitalizations a year. And 25% of these hospitalizations, once they are discharged, are going to be readmitted within one month. And the total cost for the healthcare system in the last year alone was close to $45 billion. So it's a huge burden on the healthcare system. And it's a um, omnipresent condition 
that is triggered by risk factors that we probably should be discussing as well. That is amazing. Has it been trending in the wrong direction, meaning we're getting more and more patients with heart failure over the last 10, 20, 30 years? Yes, unfortunately, because it's driven by obesity and hypertension. And since we have a obesity epidemic in this country, it ensues that heart failure eventually is the consequence. Okay. Dr. Brayberto, would you please describe the pathophysiology of heart failure? Pump failure is the underlying condition, and this pump failure can have many features. It can be a uh, weakening of the muscle itself that is unable to to perform contractile function. And this has to do with the calcium influx and calcium handling of the myocytes, the myocardial cells. But it can also be an impairment of the active energy-dependent relaxation of the heart muscle. And again, this is an ATP or calcium-driven process. And the heart really is a responder to a condition. You may have hypertension, high systemic vascular resistance, and the heart eventually faces pressure buildup that it has to handle. And it raises the intraventricular pressures, particularly diastolic pressure, and eventually the systolic pressure in the heart until it can't handle the, um, the afterload, as we call it, any longer, and it fails. Initial response to this afterload increase typically is a thickening of the heart muscle, left ventricular hypertrophy, but also a stiffening during, during diastole. If the heart muscle itself is not very, very well perfused, we see um, a failing of the myocytes. And this is the case in coronary artery disease. So there you already have the most two common reasons for heart failure, high blood pressure, mostly induced by hypertension or ischemic heart failure induced by coronary artery disease. And you mentioned some of these, but what are the common symptoms? What does research show are the common symptoms of heart failure? So the most common symptoms are swelling of the legs, troubles breathing when you exert yourself, and uh, sometimes you get fatigue, you get uh, weakness, you get loss of appetite as more nonspecific symptoms. And then it's a uh, progressive uh, failure of functional capacity. You, you can't walk as much as you used to. You can't exert yourself as much as you used to. And this is used as the basis of the what's called NIHAR classification, or New York Heart Association classification, to categorize the severity of heart failure based on your shortness of breath with certain levels of exertion. Thank you, Dr. Bregberta. We'll take a short break and come back with our discussion about heart failure with Dr. Christian Bregberta. We'll be right back. MICA was founded in 1976 by doctors for doctors and remains the leading provider of medical liability protection in Arizona. MICA is the exclusive provider of coverage for Maricopa County Medical Society. Contact MICA today to learn more about the benefits of being with a physician-led and policyholder-owned insurance company. Call 602-956-5276 or visit our website, mica-insurance.com. Welcome back to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Our guest today is Dr. Christian Brayberta, cardiologist, and we're discussing heart failure. During the first half of the show, we talked about defining heart failure, um, how many patients experience heart failure, you know, the pathophysiology, and some common symptoms. Let's talk now about risk factors and treatment goals. 
what does the literature say about practice guidelines for heart failure risk factors? So the uh, most common risk is uncontrolled hypertension induced by uh, genetic conditions or obesity. The second most common is ischemic uh, changes with a coronary artery disease that lead to ischemic hemopathy. And another one that is very common is arrhythmias like atrial fibrillation that also is a consequence of the pressure buildup in the heart and particularly in the left atrium. And then you get uh, toxic um, causes like alcohol is at the forefront to be considered and um, infectious diseases like uh, myocarditis, uh, viral driven uh, cardiomyopathies. And then there are lesser frequent ones. These are storage diseases like amyloid, where you have an abnormal protein deposition within the myocardium um, that can cause the heart to fail. Very rare, in a rarer occasions, you see a tachycardia-induced heart failure from a rapid heartbeat, and this can be induced by anemia or renal failure or shunts that occur or burns or sepsis, all these other conditions, advanced age that eventually make the myocyte dysfunction apparent that cause the ejection fraction, which is the pump function of the heart that we usually measure to fail. A normal ejection fraction is 60%. A defined definition of severe heart failure is less than 35%, so less than half of a normal pump function. Dr. Braberto, what are the current therapies for patients with heart failure, including medication or other management options? Yes, so the, the, there are two uh, uh, considerations. One is that we have a volume overload of the patient and we need to uh, diurese this patient to become euvolemic and avoid salty foods and control triggers like hypertension or work up the ischemia, the coronary artery disease. The second one is to encounter the uh, physiologic pathophysiologic overdrive that occurs once the cardiac output is low and the heart fails. What the body then tries to do is it causes vasoconstriction in the periphery to keep them to maintain the perfusion pressure in vital organs. It also um, ex- it produces hormones like aldosterone, which captures and preserves sodium in the body and sodium contracts water. So you improve your intravascular fluid uh, volume. And then there is a um, other enzymatic um, uh, response that activates renin angiotensin one and two, which are powerful vasoconstrictors as well. So these three systems, the uh, neurohormonal overdrive with tachycardia vasoconstriction driven by the sympathicus system, the uh, enzymatic overdrive driven by the renin angiotensin system, and the aldosterone driven uh, mineral corticoid system need to be encountered because in heart failure, these usually valuable pathophysiologic responses to low cardiac output and low perfusion are in overdrive and are unhinged. So we use for the sympathetic system beta blockers. For the RAS system, we use angiotensin receptor blockers or cardioverting enzyme blockers. And nowadays, a, a new combination of an ARNI, which is a uh, advanced uh, RAS inhibitor, 
uh, as well in combination with an ARC, it's called uh, Entresto, as well as uh, enalapril or spironolactone, excuse me, um, spironolactone to uh, block the hormonal system uh, on the, in, in the aldosterone area. This is the basis, beta blockers, uh, ACEs or ARPs or the RNA now, and the spironolactone uh, receptor blockers. And now for the last few years, we have what's called sodium glucose transport inhibitors, SGLT receptor blockers that are helpful in uh, preventing the onset of heart failure and its decompensation. And there are, these medications are called the glyphosins or the glyphosins. And they were used initially in the therapy of diabetes and now are found to be profoundly effective in heart failure as well. So this is a new class of medication that has been recently introduced within the last few years and has uh, reduced mortality significant, significantly. That's very good news. Uh, Dr. Braeberti, you've shared a lot of incredible, helpful, incredibly helpful information for physicians listening. And I wanted to close with a final question about any tips you may have for primary care physicians who may be listening uh, about what interactions they should have with patients before they may be referring them to a cardiologist. Yeah, absolutely. Have a very low threshold in, in your differential diagnosis of uh, identifying heart failure in your patients. If the functional capacity of your patients is reduced, if he doesn't walk any longer as much as he used to, if he gets more symptomatic with shortness of breath, dyspnea on exertion, if he starts to uh, develop uh, leg edema, lower leg edema bilaterally particularly, have a very low threshold to advise these patients to undergo an echocardiogram, a chest X-ray, and get diagnosed with a lab test of uh, BNP, brain naturopathic um, peptide, which is a marker of heart failure and a referral to cardiology for further management. Dr. Christian Braeberta, cardiologist in Phoenix, who's teaching at multiple medical schools and conducting research on the side. We appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. And I'd be happy to uh, see any patient at Heart Investor Center of Arizona that is in heart failure, as this is one of my interests. You want to keep these patients out of the hospital and you want to avoid the decompensation of their volume overload. Help to create the future of healthcare in Maricopa County, Arizona. Get involved by joining the Maricopa County Medical Society at mcmsonline.com join. Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast. Does your financial advisor help you pursue what matters most? With so much at stake when it comes to protecting everything you've worked so hard to achieve, it never hurts to get a second opinion about your financial future. At Baba Sobers Wealth Management at UBS Financial Services, our approach starts by understanding your life and what you want to accomplish. Then we work together to create a framework designed to give you the confidence to do what matters most, no matter what the markets are doing. We want to help ensure you have all you need for today, tomorrow, and for generations to come. For more information about Baba Sobers Wealth Management, visit our website at advisors.ubs.com forward slash Baba Sobers WM. We're members of FINRA and SIPC.